Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. And now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you this best of Garage Logic. It's Reavers here in the GL Podcast Studios reminding you. If you haven't done so yet, it's time to sign up for the Garage Logic Town Council. Why, you ask? Well, I'm so glad that you did. That's because we are going to have another annual town council member meeting, and this is going to be an official town council meeting Wednesday, November 15th at Tattersall. That's right. It's a go. Here's what we need you to do. If you are already a member of the GarageLogic Town Council, then good for you. All you have to do is RSVP at garagelogic.com. But if you are not, now's the time because this event is only open to town council members and you have to RSVP at garagelogic.com. Wednesday, November 15th, 5 to 7 p.m. at Tattersall in River Falls, Wisconsin. You can join the GL crew and fellow town council members beginning at 5 p.m. for a social hour with appetizers and all sorts of goodies. And then a special podcast starting at 6 o'clock. We did this, well, it was about a year ago. And it was so much fun, and it's such a great event. Tattersall is the is the bomb. There's going to be special um, pricing on all sorts of stuff there at Tattersall. They're fantastic people, even though they're from Wisconsin. That's fine. Um, again, this event is only open to town council members, so you have to RSVP. If you're not a member, that's all right. Sign up right now and reserve your spot. All members in attendance are also going to receive, like I said, those discount on spirits in the shop. It's perfect for the upcoming holidays. Find out more at Garage Logic. Dot com. Uh, Reavers here. So I was thinking about what should we do for the best of today? And I was thinking about, because she's making some news again, and I thought it'd be fun to revisit this interview Joe did with Liz Collin uh, from Alpha News talking about the George Floyd situation. And we may have Liz on here in the coming days, if not weeks, because I know she's pretty busy right now with her, um, with her tour. Anyway, I thought it'd be fun to revisit this interview. This took place almost a year ago. It was November 10th of 2022. I hope you enjoy the best of Garage Logic. For Aloni's Hardware and Garden <laughs> Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 962, November 10th. This is the uh, anniversary of the F. Scott Fitzgerald. I heard that. No, mm-hmm. no. The F. Scott Fitzgerald. Well, Thanks, Terry. Train. You're making a little joke there. No, he yeah, said that to honor Terry. 69 degrees was the record on this day. That was recently, 2012, and it was 3 degrees on this day in 1986. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. 
Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. We have Liz Collins with us. Many of you will know Liz Collins from her years. On Colin, no S. Colin. I'm sorry. Obviously Strike one. I, about obviously, this. I don't know her. <laughs> I've been called worse. Liz Collin, who for years was on Channel 4. Uh, from when to when, by the way? Uh, I was there beginning in 2008 and was there for 14 years. So, wow. And Just why are you year. not there now? All right, we're getting right into it. Hey, welcome um, to the okay, show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, were you fired? Uh, I was demoted um, mm-hmm. after the George Floyd uh, incident. My husband uh, was at the time the uh, Minneapolis Police Union president. Bob um, Kroll. Yep, and he's uh, since, since retired, but I was never given my position back. I was a longtime anchor at WCCO. Um, was basically promoted to the position six months after I started there uh, back in 2008, and it was clear that my voice and uh, especially the person I w- was married to, I was uh, definitely... It was it was clear that I needed needed to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, what does that tell you about the media in general in the Twin Cities? Well, that, partly another reason I, I left Joe is um, I was so tired of pushing the propaganda um, at the station where I worked. We were especially left, and we were always left. I knew that. Um, I was never political because I'm a journalist, right? Um, but I was always more conservative in my beliefs and such. But it really got to a point um, with, with COVID, um, with this narrative of police are the bad guys. Uh, I could go on and on just about different different storylines. Um, but we didn't care about the other side anymore. It was sort of this lies by omission, I feel like. We were privy to all of this information. People are giving us tips and et cetera. But we were crafting in a way that I don't think we were, we were actually informing the public um, and I, I needed to, to go elsewhere because all of these people, I think, and their stories were, were being ignored. So that's what I'm hoping to do now um, at Alpha News. And we've been doing for well, about nine months or so. They've been around for a little while, but I like the fact they're uncensored and unafraid. That's our slogan. You're here because you have a new book, and it's called They're Lying, The Media, the Left, and the Death of George Floyd. Who's they? Who's lying? Well, the media, the left. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right, right there. Um, but it, the the story is a little bit about uh, my own um, kind of front row seat to this movement we saw in, in Minneapolis, and then went across the country as well. But I was so troubled um, as a wife and a mom, um, but but more so as a journalist. Again, um, all of this information that um, we're not. We're not asking questions from the very beginning. The body cameras, uh, they're not released in this incident, and there's a theres a reason for that. Um, the background of, of George Floyd, um, it's really laid out in, the, in, this, in this book about all the things uh, that, were not, that were not talked about from the very beginning that I believe an entire generation, Joe, of Minnesotans will, will pay for as a result of this. Minneapolis, uh, we've seen what, what's happened. And again, the media was basically grandstanding and, in my opinion, cheerleading this from the, the very beginning. And they you, should have been asking questions. You, you mentioned off the air something interesting. You wish this book had come out before the election. It, it, it did. Uh, I think it uh, just needed to come out a little bit, <laughs> a little bit sooner. But in Minnesota, um, you know, the, the research that that I've done, we, I really go after the players that I feel got a free pass from the very beginning um, with with what played out. We had the perfect people in the perfect positions um, for, for this to happen. Keith Ellison uh, is named quite a bit in the book and, and his background and such. But that that's a topic that even again we saw the mainstream media 
barely even touch him during the the election season. Mm-hmm. And his past is is quite troubling. He has mm-hmm. five police officers in prison now, and this was his plan all along. We'll see how this all all plays out with him being reelected, which is uh, astonishing to me. Um, but but I I feel that um, again the mainstream media just they weren't putting the, the pieces together because it, it felt like to me there was more activism going on than actual journalism. What what is it uh, that you contend in the book that George Floyd was not purposely killed by the police? Well, I think it's you know that that's fair to say, <laughs> but uh, more than that, we, you know we're hearing um, from Derek Chauvin for the very first time from Thomas Lane, uh, who's serving his sentence uh, now now in in Colorado. But um, it, it's really laid out in several different uh, sections. Um, and, you know, the question is always asked, well, you know, did he die of a, a drug overdose? And I, I think the answer is I don't think we know because no one has been honest about it. Um, you know, as noted by the medical examiner, the county attorneys just hours um, after the autopsy, there were multiple factors. And we saw that, you know, words kind of disappear from documents. And I have a lot of documentation um, in the book. And we really go into also the, the court case. Right. So Derek Chauvin is is found guilty. Um, of these three charges. So, of course, he's, he's guilty, right? But there is a lot playing out in court that people never had um, any idea. Um, and the response I, I've gotten to the book has has really just been been amazing. Um, it's been an Amazon bestseller um, for about three weeks now since, since wow. we released it. But it really goes to show that I think so many people knew there was more going on and they weren't being told um, from the very beginning. And there was a reason uh, they weren't. What about what I saw? Yeah, and I think that's uh, that, that's the question, right? Um, we we didn't even know that uh, many other three other officers were involved um, because there was a reason that the body cam uh, videos were held um, for so long. If you remember, um, it, it was about two and a half months before the body cameras were even released, and at that point, they were leaked to a, a media outlet. You had to sign up to to see. Uh, the body cam footage. But again, it was it really boiled down to this is a black and white story. If you say anything else, you you know, you're racist. This is a, a white officer and this is a, a black man. And that was the, the narrative and how it was crafted from the very beginning. Nobody talks about the black officer, um, J. Alexander King, who was with George Floyd 15 minutes for much longer uh, than Derek Chauvin ever was. This is a black officer. Again, this was about about race from the very beginning. And there was so much more uh, to the story. But what about what I saw the knee on the neck? Well, and it came out. And in- I'm a Minnesotan watching this and I'm saying, get off his neck. Right. Just get off. Right. I, I, and we, we talk about all of this, uh, all of this in the book. It's um. Another thing that that happens in the, in the course of this, and, and what Derek talks about in the book, is there is this MRT training, uh, maximum restraint technique, where the knee is more on the shoulder blade, which also the the chief uh, Chief Madera Arredondo at the time admits to that. Oh, once he sees a different angle of the video, he says um, on the stand, uh, it does appear that his his knee isn't there. Um, and this is, again, the damage has been done. It's a, a year later. But also this MRT manual is quickly disappears offline. It goes offline from the, the training manual um, and is, isn't put back online for weeks. And again, we hear from the police department from the very beginning, this isn't part of training. We've never seen this maneuver before, et cetera, et cetera. Well, again, just another one of the many, many lies uh, that were told from the beginning. Now, you at the time were still with Channel 4. Right. You're still leading newscasts. 
Uh, no, I um, I was basically put on COVID patrol oh. for about uh, two years, and that was the only subject I was allowed to report on. But only one side of COVID, Joe. There was many other <laughs> stories we could have tackled, but we were just chasing around the governor and, um, you know, pushing get your vet, get your shot, even when people started to say, hey, I'm having experiencing side effects or, or whatnot. So, again, that's another story there was a lot more to that we weren't interested in telling. What role did COVID play in the coverage of George Floyd? Another, um, you know, I think uh, another good good question, and <laughs> this is, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know Chris even got a lot. He was allowed to ask questions. That's no, he, you know what, Liz? He oh. shouldn't. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow. Have you seen uh, John Hype behind you? By the way. Yeah, she. We said okay. hi. Yeah, okay. John, I, I go do, way I back. Do, oh, okay. I do yeah. have a question. Too, oh, okay. So. Okay. When we're done, go oh, ahead. I was just going to say. Um, Again, an important, an important question, too, because at this time, everybody's cooped up, and we, we, I think a lot of the riots can be blamed uh, on a lot of that uh, as well. Me and too. I will say, too, that we talked to a lot of officers um, in this book that have never shared their story before, um, which I think is really eye-opening about um, how they're stuck in the precinct, how the, the plan um, by their administration, by city leaders, is for one of them uh, to be harmed as sort of a reparation in a way. Um, I think their stories are absolutely heartbreaking um, and what's led to this mass exodus um, from Minneapolis police ever since. John, would you go ahead? Yeah, Liz, a question I have about, uh, I don't disagree with a lot about what you said there about the whole thing with making Chauvin kind of the sacrificial lamb. But, and I haven't read the book. I'm sorry. I wish I had. You guys, I mean, I, didn't I send you guys the book? No, you did <laughs> I, not. I think I sent a PDF. It's probably my fault. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pro- Chris has four copies. <laughs> uh, but, anyway. I, I th- but John, just a minute. Let me interrupt for yeah. a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm breaking a law. I've told you this off the air. I, this is, you're the first author I've interviewed where I haven't read the book. Yeah. But. But uh, I wanted you as a guest because I think it's so timely given the election, which I want to bring us back to to talk about. Uh, John, go ahead. And I think the whole racial end of it, you're correct, too. It turned into a racial thing when it shouldn't have. But do we and do you think uh, and I know the testimony from the original trials, et cetera, would seem to indicate that the folks, the pathologists, et cetera, thought the death certainly was caused by his actions. Do you, in the book, do you address that? Do you think that's true? Do you think it's not true? Yeah, I think, I think there, it's kind of, yeah. Yep, Go ahead. I, I, I do talk about that. And I think what's interesting um, when I'm talking about what's happening, happening beyond behind the scenes um, with the prosecution, they created so many conflicts of interest that um, Eric Nelson talks to me about this, who's uh, Chauvin's attorney, that they couldn't even get a medical examiner um, to, you know, Allison brings on uh, more than a dozen attorneys from the very beginning, and they're making phone calls um, to different medical examiners across the country. So they really had a hard time even getting someone to, to testify, um, you know, on, on their behalf for the defense uh, because they created these these conflicts of interest from from the beginning. Hmm. Okay. But we do go we do go into that, and really, it's um, we let people see for themselves. A lot of people don't know that there were three autopsies uh, done on, on George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one by the Hennepin County Medical Examiner, obviously, and then one basically paid for by the family. They were released just within hours of each other, and the media ran with what they called the independent um, autopsy, which was again paid for by by the family and the bottom line was he died from what he saw in the video and that's actually in the document and then the we also go into the federal government their uh, their role in this case because i think a lot of people didn't know that as well the fbi was involved from the very beginning too and sat in on meetings with the medical examiner as we saw him kind of backtrack and change his story in the in the um 
days that followed. Would it made would would it have made a difference to say that George Floyd died from a drug overdose? Would that erase the nine minutes that everyone can't unsee? I think the question is. Um, Many things could have changed. The riots didn't have to happen. Um, there, instead of instead of taking a step back, actually explaining the, this training that this was a, a part of training, um, we saw a mayor make this about race immediately. Right? Mm-hmm. This is he's apologizing to Black America from the very very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was uh, also a chief that echoed that exact same message. Uh, the top law enforcement officer, the attorney general's office. Same thing. That that's the narrative, um, and and as it, that this is shown in in even history that that doesn't work. It, it, that actually makes people more angry, and I think uh, fueled the 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 fire, if you will. Here, I just, I think there was there was a and I, and I have to go back to just the, the timing. Not only COVID, but we have a presidential election coming up in in months, right? And we mm-hmm. are going to oust President Trump no matter what. And this is the perfect. Um, scenario in a way uh, for, for politicians to, to pounce on. So um, the autopsy is done on George Floyd within 12 hours. Why do we hear about the autopsy and what the results are a week later after Minneapolis is, uh, is allowed to burn? These are the questions I thought journalists should be asking from the beginning. How did this change urban Minneapolis? Um, an, an excellent question. I think that it will be a decade before things um, come back. I mean, I, the people I, I worked and lived in that city for for twelve years um, myself, and I'm out in the out in the burbs now. But I know a lot of people. I don't know if it's similar for you guys that just people just refuse to go there, mm-hmm. um, which I think is is very sad. And I'm also struck too how the media they don't really go back to this area. This isn't. I was part of. Um, Candace Owens and, and her Daily Wire team did a documentary on Black Lives Matter um, and, you know, walked the streets of 38th and Chicago and went into to that a, l- a little bit. But I, I thought this was a, a story. Again, it's conservative media, so I know it's going to be ignored completely uh, by, the, by the mainstream media. But this is an organization, Black Lives Matter, who got $80 million in donations. We're mm-hmm. basically on the back of, of George Floyd. Right. Um, and Much she, of it spent fraudulently. Right, right. And that that's the point of the, the documentary. And Bob and I talked um, a little bit about that because, you know, in, in a way, Black Lives Matter, they came after us too. They were in front of our house two different times. Right. One, one where they're bashing pinata effigies of us in in the driveway, and it's just amazing how that has just, you know, the media doesn't go back and actually look at the 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 cost here. Do you want to give Liz a bit of a smile? Sure. Play the uh, John Thompson. Oh, yeah. oh gosh. <laughs> this is uh, a roll call vote. It was sent to us by a mole. When this, uh, a roll call vote, when okay. this lunatic Thompson was still a uh, legislator. There we go. And uh, it's pretty funny. Listen closely. Morrison. Morrison, I. Morrison, I. Mortensen. Mortensen, no. Mortensen, no. Sandell. Sandell, I. Sandell, I. Thompson. Thompson, I. Thompson, I. Mecklen. Wow. Somebody wow. planted a siren. I thought you'd get a kick out of it. But when we first were sent the audio, Liz, what you'll love is we all thought, because everyone, again, was all working remote, remotely yeah. and voting remotely, wow. and we thought, 
this idiot is getting stopped while he's trying to make a vote. But turns out it, it, it was planted by a fellow legislator. That's which, quite funny. Which almost made it better. That's yeah, right. <laughs> Are you the only one in town who could have written this or would have written this? Oh, I think so. I had the um, joy of being canceled already, so. <laughs> <laughs> you mean by, by, yeah. by CBS affiliate? Yeah. Yeah, um, but I, 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 again, I think my just experience is, in, in, and I never reported on the on George Floyd at all while I was uh, there at WCCO. Again, I was hard at work with COVID, um, but you know, there and there was a reason for that with Bob's position. But then he retired, and again, a year passes, and it was clear that I wasn't wanted there. But we've we've seen this again in in newsrooms. Uh, across the country, I think especially here in Minneapolis as well, that the conservative viewpoint really isn't wanted anymore. You kind of have to go along with the, the program. You got to just get in get in line and go with go woke. How do you compare you how do you compare that because I'm sure you have friends all over the country. How do you compare this market in that regard to other large markets across oh, the country? Oh, it's very very similar story. We call it uh, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, you are fated fated FAT to be led by the left and the uh, the post George Floyd world has increased that I think oh a hundred percent Seattle Portland San Francisco here New York Chicago and who who is your audience for this book? Who who do you want to read this? Anybody who Glenn, cares about the truth. Glenn Fry, I said. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Fry is not going to read it. Uh, you know, I'm actually going to take one to his office soon. So, you know, I'll I'll drop it off. <laughs> and in Minneapolis right now, if you were had to put your reporter's hat back on and you were at CCO, can you even figure out who's in charge of law enforcement in Minneapolis? Well, the, the thing is, it's always been um, the mayor. So why, one would argue, why would he think that this is a good leadership strategy to throw his entire department under the bus? Um, mm-hmm. I think we've seen how that, that has played out. You know, we're talking about the, the woke culture. I'll just say, even after George Floyd, at CCO, there's a mandate put in place, Joe, about who we can interview. Uh, 50% of the people we interview have to be um, in a protected class or of color. Mm-hmm. This is the definition yeah. of racism as far as that's, I'm, as far yeah, as I'm concerned. And we, wow. we, are news, we are news people. It, it, and th- again, this is what this is the propaganda that, and I'm kind of alone going, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> um, but, you know, again, I could give uh, many examples as to, wow. to how this all. Well, it's, it's safe to assume that they'll, they'll never recognize this book. Yeah, uh, no mainstream media has reached out, Joe. Right. So, yeah, right. we're, Star we're Tribune will not will not no. review this book. No. Well, and like you no. said, you, you've already, you've been canceled. You've been ostracized. So, nobody's ever going to reach out. I'm guessing. Liz, are you good on time? Yeah, I mean, if I have seven million questions, I oh, want to ask. Oh, seven million. Joe's seven not going to let you actually ask any. Probably not. So, I, mean, I might get one. In. Seven million. I want to tell you that uh, <laughs> before we take a break, we're talking with Liz Collin who has written They're Lying, the Media, the Left, and the Death of George Floyd. I think I can, I think I, I have a clarifying question about that. If you're thinking about treating yourself, then I can't make a higher recommendation than my friends at Hofferman Water. Get yourself a brand new Connecticut water treatment system. I did years ago. In fact, I've owned two houses that have been treated with Connecticut and Hofferman water. It's going to make an amazing difference in the quality of your water. I'm telling you right now, that's one of the first things that people notice when they come visit us. Your showers are better, your laundry is better, and so, of course, is your drinking water. So here's the thing. Get on the schedule right now. 
now. Call 952-894-4040. Get on the schedule and have them come out and give you that free water analysis. And they're going to say, well, here's what you're looking like here on, on a sediment reading and all that stuff. It's it's really eye-opening, and I think you're going to be happy if you decide to make the switch like I did years ago. You can also visit their website. It's hoffermanwater.com. You go on that website, you can see every single system that they have to offer. It doesn't matter if you're looking at a brand-new water softener, maybe an iron rust and odor filtration system, or you just want a drinking water system. They're going to take care of you. They're fantastic people. They've been servicing the great state of Minnesota for over 50 years. They've been proud supporters of the Garage Logic podcast for a number of years as well. And I'm a proud customer. I started out as a customer before I even became their spokesperson. 952-894-4040. Please let the good people know at Hofferman Water that you heard about it here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Hi, everybody. It's John, and I'm here to tell you eating is better with Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and they'll only take you two minutes to get ready. Factor gives you lots of options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and lots more. They're great options for the entire day, whatever meal you're having, or just midday bites to keep you fueled up. Whatever your schedule is, Factor's meals are flexible to fit what you've got going on. No prep, no mess. Premium food options, no cooking required. Plus, you can get as much or as little as you need choosing your own meals every week. Pause and reschedule your deliveries anytime. It's less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to taste great and supply you with the nutrition you need. Head to factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 and use code garagelogic50 to get 50% off. That's code garagelogic50 at factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 to get 50% off. Does advertising on GarageLogic work? Listen to what Pete Arnold from HirePro has to say. My results advertising with GarageLogic have been absolutely outstanding. Jellers understand my business and what we do and how Joe vets anyone that advertises on here. That level of validation and trust has helped me with a 6 to 1 ROI for my commercial spend. This group is amazing and using GarageLogic for your company's advertising will generate results. If you'd like to get results for your business, visit GarageLogic.com and enter keyword partner. That's GarageLogic.com keyword partner. Oh, we have the heights again. It's a treat this week. It is. Oh, yeah. Turn around, Liz. That's John and his kid, Dylan. Very nice, boys. Thank you, boys. Why are you a telling I was doing Lawrence well. Oh, okay. I thought that was coming from the computer. <laughs> Amazing. Here's uh, Liz Collin is with us, a uh, longtime newscaster, now with Alpha News. And the book is called They're Lying, the Media, the Left, and the Death of George Floyd. What was simmering in American culture? What was simmering that became an explosion on the death of George Floyd. In other words, Minneapolis, uh, as recently as uh, when, had the Super Bowl? 2000, well, it was February of 2018. 2018. And then as recently as when had the Final Four? I believe it was the year prior. Yep. And as recently as 20, 
in the uh, winter of 2020, Minneapolis was still flourishing with its cafe society and uh, people thinking it was uh, really cool to live in the warehouse district and there was shopping and, and life was viable and not dangerous. And then the George Floyd date came along in May of 2020 and it erupted. So what what was taking place beneath the surface of that presumed calmness and safety and normality that suddenly went nuts with George Floyd? I think that we talked a little bit about that b- before with um, President Trump. I mean, we mm-hmm. saw a lot, lot of animosity um, against him, people not liking you know, his style and mean tweets and such, and I don't really think that that can be underplayed in in the incident as well. Uh, you know, ousting him um, at all costs. I mean, maybe you guys can can weigh in on this as well. But and I also think that again, the pandemic played a, a bit of a role too. People had a lot of free time. Uh, kids had a lot of free time to get in trouble, uh, etc. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, people were wearing masks and could dress up as bad guys pretty easily. We see a lot of uh, the COVID masks being put to good use in crimes. Still, um, you're right. No, so, you're right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've never seen a, a political, e- even where I was working before, it was very obvious just the, the bias um, against him as president. You know, just some of my husband's experiences also. Trump comes to town, asks Bob to be on stage with him at, at Target Center. Jacob Fry mandates that police officers who are going to show their support for President Trump cannot wear their uniforms. And they've done that for years. And even, you know, Democrats who they supported, the unions have supported in the past. They never took away the fact that they couldn't wear their uniforms, mm-hmm. which is how these cops for Trump red T-shirts, uh, you know, came in, came into play. But, you know, there are so many just anecdotal stories. And I think that that presidential election had a lot to do with it. But that was Floyd was kindling and, and his death was a spark and the, and it, the world erupted. It just erupted. It wasn't even in this country alone. It was across the globe. And and uh, you had to be uh, feeling entirely alone, even though you were on COVID duty <laughs> at the station. You had to feel entirely alone in your thoughts about this. Yeah, and I think, how much of that is because of who you were married to? Um, I... Th- I th- I think there were a lot of us who who even, you know, I think, that, again, police officer families in general were canceled um, af- after this. And, you know, thankfully, I have a lot, lot of good friends, um, you know, who believe in backing backing the blue. But we knew from the very beginning that the, everybody is painted with this broad brush after this incident that everyone's racist and you're a bad person if you're uh, a police officer. And I just grew up knowing that that's not the case at all. These are the most caring uh, <laughs> individuals. Um, again, not to say that there's not bad police officers. There's bad everything. And But it was just this broad brush that everybody went and bananas. I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but I remember the day the day after when we came in, it was Memorial Day weekend, we came in here and I was furious because my, my father was a deputy sheriff for 30 years. And I said, no one hates bad cops more than good cops. Right. Nobody, period. It's just it's just fact. And I got some backlash for that. And I can't even imagine the amount of backlash that you've received um, from from publishing this book. And, and actually, I would say that more than anything, there's been support with the, this book. Because, again, something was wrong about this kind of story from, from the beginning. And what people were saying was just not reality. Do you think because of who we have as mayors and city council people and legislators that it was impossible for the Floyd story to be told the way you're now telling it? 
Um, I, I do. And, and this isn't I, I go into a little, some backstories of MPD as well, because I think this is interesting. I don't know if you guys remember um, a, a story where uh, two police officers, they picked out some garbage in a back alley um, in North Minneapolis around the 4th Precinct and they decorated a Christmas tree. I remember that. Yeah, yeah to upset uh, one of their supervisors who spent a lot of time decorating this tree. Well, Mayor Fry goes, uh, Some somebody from the community sends um, him a picture of the tree and says this is racist. And um, he puts on social media right away, doesn't check out, doesn't check anything, doesn't talk to anybody, puts on social media. These officers will be fired within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will not stand for this. Um, well, it turns out they got their jobs back, um, <laughs> but everything was about race with with this mayor. And even prior prior to that, Betsy Hodges showed no support um, for for the police either. She gave the the precinct, the fourth precinct, to protesters for 18 days, and in fact, she wanted to give them uh, the precinct where uh, the firing ranges uh, for officers. She, that was her plan before, and so uh, again, this is Jacob Fry. Crafting the plan that they're going to give uh, give away the third precinct, which they did, and we see how well, we see how well that went. Are you getting national attention for this book from conservative media? But yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I was on with uh, Joe Pegg's, um, Dennis Prager's show, um, and, and that's what's sad to me. Also, the way the media works now, um, again, lying by omission. That's that's what I think is is happening. Do you think you're a conservative or just a normal person? I, I thank you. That is actually a compliment. If you think I'm normal, but yes, that, I mean, I really just think that like what happened to, to common sense, and right. we're not we're not racists, and we're not horrible people. We're not extreme. We're not right wing. It's just not it's not reality. I guess I've always been a critical thinker, but it's sort of part of part of your job. You grew up in Worthington, right? What would your dad do for a living? Uh, he still works, but he's a small business owner, a yeah. fuel truck driver. Oh yeah. Yep. What about mom? Uh, she was a stay-at-home mom. There's yeah. four of us, yeah. so she got us through school and sports and all that jazz. Yes, Jeff. Liz, I have a question, and this might be might be too personal to answer. It might not. Oh, okay. Your your, your former colleagues, yes. uh, reporters, uh, anything. You, know, you knew people obviously at all the stations, not just WCCO. Do you? I mean, still have interactions, or are they all just saying, you know, uh, just pushing you off to the side and wishing to never speak with you again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the world I live in now, I kind of attack the mainstream media yeah, and sort of, sort sure. of the world I live in. But I think that that was the problem. So this it, this isn't like that I witnessed this and I left. I mean, I hung around for a, a couple mm-hmm. years afterward. But there, here's what I saw, and I think that this is why um, the country is so messed up. These people who I've spent a great time of, you know, 15 years with, they knew sure. who I was. They mm-hmm. wouldn't go to bat for me publicly. They'd tell me privately that they su- wow. supported me. Uh, but there that. was no public... Um, I tried to get a job in the market at other television stations. Somebody told mm-hmm. me um, at Care 11 that I could be behind the scenes. They wouldn't put me in front of the camera, of course. Wow. Um, I won't say and anything about KSTP, this... but they wouldn't even consider me for it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And this is before you wrote the book. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just wow. knew that I love reporting. I really I really do. And I love that people turn to me to tell stories. And I think it's so important to, to give Minnesotans a, a voice. And, you know, I had a I had a loyal following at WCCO. I mean, I was the highest rated weekend anchor in the market mm-hmm. um, and held that position for, for more than 10 years. I was the the main fill in for the main anchors at WCCO, Frank and Amelia. Mm-hmm. Um, and Have always you remained did close well. to them. 
They're they're nice people. Yeah, but but again, I, I think there That's were a lot a of hell of a charitable answer. I think there were a lot of people that. But again, these are people who have a platform and they know that this is wrong. And this is what bothered me and and still does to this day about um, all of this and so and so many things. Um, but there's a lot of just go along to get along. Right. Um, and I've just never no. been that kind of person. So. Right. Right. Well, and I was going to say, because I also know a lot of people that work in this market and share your sentiment, but are unwilling to do so publicly. And, right. and I'm basically just backing up what you said earlier. But to me, that's a shame because you're doing a disservice to the to the public in that regard, because you're basically getting one side of the story. Well, and I feel like, you know, you, you look at what happened to me. It's career suicide to, st- exactly. <laughs> to step out uh, yeah. of, of that narrative. Right. But uh, Mike Max, for example, great, great friend. And um, I think. I think he was canceled at WCCO Radio because he kind of publicly admitted that he's a conservative. Well, he, um, <laughs> no, he was talking the truth about downtown Minneapolis. Right, right. But but it, it just boggles my mind how, um, you know, that side is. And that's, that's what I talk about in the book. The left isn't a Democrat or a liberal. It's really this side that has now um, grown to you can't think Anything else? You can't. You can't disagree with us. That's what the left is to what? me. What are you pointing? That's at exactly for? what you've been saying for how long on this show? Oh. Well, if Julie, it, you're it, a smart what guy. I <laughs> what I like is uh, because I'm considered Liz a little more the liberal of this show. These guys always have my back and defended me last week mm-hmm. on air. So it's been the opposite of what happened. Well, to you. good people over here. It's good. <laughs> well, but that's yeah. that's the beauty of the show is we we all don't agree politically a hundred percent on everything. And the problem is, well, if you don't do what I tell you, you're fired. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, but the problem is, yeah. as a collective, we we've lost that ability where you yes. all of a sudden have to check every box on right. one side or you're either with us or you're against us and that's that's so bass backwards of a way of thinking Mm -hmm. liz i'm hearing Mm -hmm. as you speak i'm hearing your next book oh Uh, oh he's a he's a publisher now which is is what your take on the media in this country yeah i have uh, quite a bit about that in in the book as well um i'm going to read the the book book and i'm going to be interested in that well as Uh, i said i never have interviewed an author without reading the book but you obviously had no intention of ever getting me one, so I couldn't read it in time. <laughs> not not true. But I'll say that I never even had an intention to write a book. This wasn't part of part of the plan. Then why um, did you? Why did you? Yeah. Um, I just I've always felt that information is power, and people weren't getting the the information. And um, again, as as a Minnesotan, it, it bothered me that we were lied to from from the the very beginning and i just don't think that so much of this had to had to happen all right so i want to ask you about the next steps for you personally because you know you and i were chatting on our walk down here about your joe she used to work at one of our affiliates radio down in worthington no. i did not know that <laughs> and i only learned that today in walking down the hallway with her but you know obviously you 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 now have a platform on alpha news and and i'm not diminishing them by any means we go to them all the time for information but what are the next steps for someone like you that's this, essentially been canceled in the minneapolis this market is, this is my 5 year plan um <laughs> yeah i uh i hope to continue continue work at alpha i think there really is a need for conservative media in minnesota i don't even think um, it's conservative well and that's kind of my thought too i think They're we just, just we just stuff that doesn't that, get that doesn't get covered right <laughs> yeah we um we get so many great tips uh, every day and you know i'm so thankful that uh people kind of followed me o- over there. They believe in, you know, our, our, our mission there. And so many people have turned off the news. I, that that yep. goes to show just, just with ratings. I think the future is 
internet news. That's uh, people are just going to go with, you know, where the truth is or who's telling, you know, the best stories. And I think that there's a growing market for that. That's why I like to tell Joe all the time that when I prepare for this show, I like to get all my news from Twitter. He loves that. Which infuriates me. (laughs) Well, people certainly aren't reading newspapers to the degree they once did. Uh, They're not paying attention to the local newscast to the degree they once did. I think it's resulted in a lot of uninformed voters, uh, but the society has changed so dramatically. Help me get this. Mm -hmm. uh, Now, I'm going to read the book, and maybe this will be answered for me. Uh, But where do you counsel me? When I say I'm among those who watched what happened with that knee, and I watched the uh, the nine minutes, mm-hmm. and I just had the feeling, and I've said this before, I had the feeling Chauvin was not there that he that he lost it that mentally, his, yeah, that his eyes were some he had the faraway look. Uh, counsel me. No, I think that's a, a a very good question and something um, addressed in in the book as as well. Um, Do you nobody, know nobody, him, by the way? Yes, we've um, had many conversations with him, and I I talked to his mom and, and such. No, I mean prior to this, did you no, know? No, okay. no, right. no. Yeah. Um, but um, I think that nobody can look at that video and say, "Oh, this it, it looks horrible. It's horrific." I right. mean, every, that's everybody's um, reaction, uh, of course. If not. I think something might be wrong with you. Um, but um, just talking to the other officers that, that are there, um, it's it's just so interesting as to, you know, what is actually transpiring. What they're, they're actually, uh, there's a decrease in their force, if you will, because they can tell that he, he takes, takes a turn. They're trying to get the ambulance there sooner. Um, you even have Thomas Lane jumping in the ambulance, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, there's this narrative of they did nothing to, to help him. And these are officers who were there on the job for just uh, days, um, you know, and you jump in when a senior officer is, is telling you to do um, one thing. So to answer your question, um, I, I think we definitely go into that. And, and one could argue about a, a manslaughter charge or, um, you know, something along. But it, with all of these officers being charged in the way that they were, um, they were basically um, guilty from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Liz Collin, uh, and the book is available everywhere? It is uh, on Amazon. It's on Amazon, and if folks want more information just on, um, I'm keeping a blog, and I'm doing some book talks around Minnesota. Haven't been canceled yet. Um, <laughs> Thelieexposed.com is the website. What about Barnes & Noble? Uh, they haven't contacted me yet, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. But you did <laughs> we'll say see. Amazon. It's on. Uh, it, it is, is on, on Amazon. Amazon, yep. Uh, it's I, called They're Lying, The Media, The Left, and the Death of George Floyd. Liz Collins, C-O-L-L-I-N, yes? Uh, just one question for me. As uh, I'm only going to do one of the $7 million I'd written down. That's all you get. All right. So you had <laughs> basically we talked about the election in the beginning. In your mind, how different would the results of Tuesday had been had this been 2020 and not 2022? In other words... I, I personally think, and I, I was very, what was the word I was using yesterday? Despondent upon the results. Just basically saying that the voting public in the state of Minnesota seemed to just forget what happened two years ago. What we what we had to live through, whether it was the lockdowns, the riots, whatever. In other words, we whatever. reelected the same characters. We reelected right. the yeah. same people that put us in this position two years ago. What's your thought on that? You know, I don't, I wish I, I wish I had a better answer because I've never seen, and you know, I'm, 
I'm 40. Uh, I've never seen a, a voting public so fired up and ready ready for change. And and again, I just go back to it. People don't have to live like this. This doesn't have to be a reality. We don't have to have 450 carjackings in Minneapolis a year. You know, before they never even right. you know kept track of track of that number. But I also think the media is quick to, and I worked in this environment, quick to go on to the next shiny object. They don't ever go back and sometimes offer context or tell some of those stories that, um, you know, should have been told um, from from the beginning. And so it's always on, on to the next thing, on to the next snowstorm, et cetera. So I think it kind of helps the public sometimes move on in their in their minds as well. And that's why we do longer term stories, I think, at Alpha or take a, take a step back. I'm actually going to the U.S.-Mexico border in a couple days um, to, to do that as a Minnesota media outlet because I don't think anybody else is making make the trip. Wow. What the heck really is going on there? Yeah, um, yeah. so um, it, it, I'm, I'm working with a lot of people that are more of that mindset, if you will, that we, need, we just need a, a better picture and we need to have these conversations instead of just shutting up and moving on to the next uh, you know, train wreck. <laughs> wow. You're aware of the center of the American experiment. Yes, we uh, work with them quite a bit. They, uh, they're the original pushback people in the state yes. of Minnesota, and they've rejoined us, and I'm so thrilled because they're doing their uh, turkey awards where they yes. salute <laughs> the uh, greatest waste of money in the state of Minnesota, uh, including the $250 million food fraud. Yeah, I was going to say it has to go there this year, right? Well, there's some good ones, Liz. Uh, they got $1.3 million to the DNR to, for a program to get kids to go outside. You know, here's the door. Wow. Open the door. You're outside now, but we're going to pay $1.3 million for that. And they even came up, the government even came up with uh, twenty grand to promote outrageous home remedies, home remedies for COVID-19. No, we were only told two remedies, mask and vaccine, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. they, but they were paying for that. Mm-hmm. They have a great, uh, great website, uh, AmericanExperiment.org, uh, great newsletters. They bring in speakers. They, as I say, they started the pushback in the state of Minnesota, and they certainly realize they have their work cut out for them, especially after this election. But you can uh, weigh in on the 2022 Golden Turkey Awards. Just go to AmericanExperiment.org. Not a Garage Logic Town Council member. Here's what you're missing. It's Grant's birthday, so we need to wish Grant a birthday. Who's Happy that? birthday. Grant produces Lori and Julia down the hall. I don't know Grant. Grant is the kid. And I don't give a that it's his birthday. <laughs> yeah, why, why do I have to do that? Well, no, Rocco's is putting it, is, together yeah. something. Tell Grant <laughs> to kiss my big fat butt. That's his birthday <laughs> wish. Grant, I, kiss uh, it. Hey, Grant, if I knew who you were, I'd wish you a happy birthday. Grant had I, you sign that really cool microphone. BFD. <laughs> Grant's, okay. Grant's a Grant good, good fella. Grant's one of the nicest kids That's in the building. He really is, and he's a That's huge why I don't fan like of you, Grant. You're way too <laughs> nice. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. And Patrick Royce's appearance here on the Garage Logic podcast is brought to us by our friends at North American Banking Company. You know, I've been going to the Patrick Royce and Joe Souchere School of Sports and Broadcasting for quite some time. Do you know yes. what I thought about the other, I think it was yesterday, 
when we were given the update on the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. Are you ready? Yes, yes, right. I thought of the great Steve Harvey. Hey, Harbaugh, you know who's after you now? The bleeping FBI, Ray Ray. Don't be in that trunk, (laughs) Ray Ray. Don't be in that trunk. <laughs> don't be standing. Don't be standing the guy next to the guy on the sidelines. So you say, "Don't know what the hell he was up to." I don't have any idea. You know what? But then there's also the old Ricey and Joe theory. You know, deny what? everything. That's you right. Know? Just deny everything. Just keep saying, "I wondered what that goofy guy was doing standing next to me, but I never <laughs> took it." The trouble with it is, it's so ridiculous. Like it's it's. It's just so silly that somehow this is going to win the ball games for you. This is an advantage that you, and it's not even, I read today it's against NBA NCAA rules. It's not. There's nothing in the book, right? Really? Yeah, oh, because I just assumed that it was, I saw that too, and no, I just assumed that was. Supposed to, you're not supposed to scout, but there's. Oh. Uh, you know that there's you can you can look over there and steal signs if you if you're good enough to steal them. You know that's just it, Patrick. That's the only thing I'm yeah. good. That's the only reason the Faribault Lakers keep me around. I sit yeah, in the dugout, go, yeah. oh yeah, he's running here. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> he's going right there. You can see that. Yeah, I mean it's been it's say you know what my cousin uh, Shirley married Al Worthington, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Al Worthington, a very successful baseball pitcher. But a strong, strong Baptist, and in 1955 or six with the New York Giants, he felt it was on his soul to tell the truth that the Giants had a guy in the, I think it was in the scoreboard stealing signs. Really? You know, in 1955 or six? Yeah, the Giants. I think they, I think they ran Al off. You know, for 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 ratting on him. So uh, it, it, I'd have to look it up what it was, but it was like, uh, and of course, they, you know, they, they still say that Bobby Thompson, that the Giants were stealing signs and Bobby Thompson knew a fastball was coming. Now, what the heck back then, you know, they had a fastball and a curveball anyway, but, uh, but uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's just that, uh, I don't know, what a, what a quandary though to do. What are you going to do? I mean, they're kicking the hell out of everybody, right? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, what what can you do about it? You well, know? not to mention, Patrick, who who's paying for? I mean, the FBI invested. Like, who's covering all of this? Right? I I don't no, I don't the, understand. The FBI isn't doing anything. I don't know. Other teams are looking to see if the guy bought tickets for the NCAA. I guess is investigating. Oh, okay, all right. Because it's and the Big Ten has a. Well, the Big Ten has a sportsmanship rule, you know, so they could probably do something. Got but, it. You know, do you really want to? Uh, do you really want to say one of our uh, four teams that's going to the playoffs is not going to the playoffs because, uh, you know, we want to send Minnesota the West champions or something? <laughs> you know, so what? You know, but you know, we probably would have beat them if they hadn't stolen. That's our right. Guns. At least a 42 point difference. We might've right? cut so her down to 35. Very intricate signs. That's we right. Run 75% of the time. And then we throw lousy passes. <laughs> that's uh, very, very, you know, uh, it, it is, uh, I probably should get worked up about it, but I don't know how worked up I should be. Well, I that's just it. Michigan's trying to get away with something. They got caught. It's like, it's Belichick, you know, Still, you know, watching practice, right? Right. I mean, and you know, if two guys ever came out of the same broth, it's uh, those two guys, Harbaugh and uh, Harbaugh and 
you know, Belichick, right. for God's sakes. They're going to do anything they can to beat Be- you. People- we, too bad we didn't get Harbaugh here, though. We been- oh, how much fun would that have been? Oh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So you like your Gophers' chances tomorrow, I take it. Against mighty Michigan State? Yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Michigan State had one, right? Weren't they? they now, remind me, Patrick. Wasn't wasn't Sparty close to, or weren't they in a Final Four, or close to going to it just a couple of years ago? Two years ago, his first year in, Mel Tucker, he brought in like forty transfers, and remember they won a, they were like nine and zero at one time. Yeah, and, uh, and they were rated high. I think they went eleven or one, and then they gave him a ten year contract. And uh, that didn't work out too good for either party because they now owe him $90 million and he's trying to sue him. Uh, but again, they should have just said, you're getting fired for stupidity. <laughs> Sexually harassing a sexual harassment expert is stu- is stupid. We we can't have a college with somebody that's stupid. Right. Right? You know. It's Whether, a bold you know, move. It's a definitely a bold <laughs> move to sexually harass a sexual harassment it advisor. Is. Yeah. But... Uh, Anyway, although if the Gophers uh, put a thumping on them Saturday, that maybe, and Michigan being the cheats that they are, that maybe could put Fleck back in the picture for Michigan State because he would leave here in a heartbeat for Michigan State. You think so? And they're so desperate. Of course, they're they're, they're willing to take Urban Meyer, apparently. So, uh, you know, uh, let's we got a guy we fired for sexual harassment Let's have the guys who likes to have co-ed sitting in his lap at the bar. At the bar, where he didn't even fly home with the team. He said, oh, "I got to visit my family here," and he, they yeah, catch right. him. The God. And, and some friends, Sam, from family friends, even though they don't know their my family doesn't know them, but they're friends with the family. So, you know, college football is uh, wonderfully corrupt, though, and I, I think it's nice that we can have another scandal. Absolutely. Uh, we're still worried. We're more worried about stealing signs than we are guys giving a player five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> to do nothing. Right. You know, to to you know the whole thing of nil was uh, well, you're going to kind of have to prove that they had some value, but now it's just send us cash. You know, it's send us cash. It's basically a it's a it's a hoot. So I, I got some abuse for. Uh, Taking some shots at the quarterback, the kid quarterback. No, you can't. The old college student stuff. Oh God, that's off the board. Major college football. You're a pro, right? Okay? Even if you aren't getting paid, you're a pro. Don't sign up for the job. Hey, by the way, yes, sir. I I got the other night. I'm I see that New Mexico State oh. playing a game. Yeah. Right. Yep. So I start. Well, you didn't watch this, did you? No. Uh uh-uh. Watch the end of it. Nope. So New Mexico State. They, they're playing one of the Louisianas. I get confused. You know, I don't think it's the one we played, but maybe it was. I don't know. Louisiana Tech or something. Anyway, they won to go 6-3. and three. But the killer down there has... I I think he's got some guys that could have gotten into Dakota Tech academically. You know, they're... Uh, <laughs> he's got some boys that they're all... They got one thing that they want to do. Celebrate. There you, you go. Know? Do something, no matter what happens. They're, but they won the game. But he's got this one knucklehead, number two, who's already gotten like a couple of penalties for being dumb. <laughs> and then, then all of a sudden the game's over, and he's, they're going to run out the clock. And this guy wants to start a fight, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this guy and Kill is, you know, have you seen Kill now? He's skinny. He looks he's skinny. The, yeah. He's got the beard. He's got the white beard. 
got the he and Rebecca split, you know, and he got the new girlfriend and uh, down there stuck down there in like Las Cruces. He started looking for this guy on the sidelines. I thought he was going to kill him. <laughs> he walked over there. He grabbed him by the shirt. He yelled at him, and the kid kind of waves and goes away. Then he goes back to the sideline. Then he goes back looking for him again, and he's screaming up, screaming at him. God, he was upset. Wow. And uh, it was. Uh, I, I think he's. You know, this is the. Uh, this is the school where the basketball program shut down last year because of murder. So, uh, oh my that God, was, that's uh, right. You know, they got some. They got some. Uh, they, they got some issues, but I'm sure he's a, a hero down there because he's six and three and he's beaten New Mexico two years in a row. I don't know if looked like there's about 45 people at the game in Louisiana the other night. I mean, they're playing in that idiotic Sun Belt League, which has got teams spread out all over, and uh, and they're all they're all nobodies. But God, it was funny watching him. <laughs> he's. I texted him and said. How have you won six games with this collection of brain surgeons? And he he took him a day, and then he responded, "Lucky, I guess." I said, "Well, you deserve some of that." So anyway, anyway um, I'm sure. So I know that the Phils lose and took a little your pizzazz because you don't know who any of the Diamondbacks are. But are, no, who do you I like? Don't. Who do you like in the series? I like Texas Quick. Five. I, I can't believe the Arizona. I mean, it would be an unbelievable story that this nothing team that made it on the, you know, they both made it on the last day, basically. Right. Teams, right? Didn't Texas? Well, Texas was supposed to win the division, but Houston snuck in with the last with the yeah, with the but win. Also, they had a they still didn't know in the last day, right? They, I think so. Yeah, because it was they were the, playing Seattle. At right. It was those two in the M's that were fighting for those yeah. two spots, basically. Yeah, the so, last I mean, and they their pitching is. I mean, can Jeff Montgomery continue to be your ace? I don't know. I didn't their realize how so bad thin. Patrick. I didn't realize how bad Scherzer had been for them until I saw because he started yeah. Game Seven um, for yeah, the Rangers, but not, he doesn't have a. I mean, he's. You know, he, you know, he basically shut her down and said he was done for the season, and then they made the playoffs and right. won a series. He said, hey, I'm still pitching. So, well, he's going to give it a, bo- a battle, and they have to use him because they really have no pitching. But uh, you know who's the secret weapon, though? Who? Is this kid for Arizona, this kid that pitched game three and game six, the path or faff or whatever. You know why That's he is that. my new favorite player in the postseason, don't you? No. I was informed by uh, Paul Allen, not the uh, the the crazy Viking announcer. The no, the, the, man- the real Paul Allen from Mankato. In the summer of 2018, he pitched for the Mankato Moondogs. He's a Moondog. Yes. He's also got somebody send me something that he's got Minnesota connections. He's got like uh, yeah, his folks. No, I think it's his. Is it a, the? I think it's a gal. His gal is a Minnesota gal. I think. Don't quote me on that, but I thought I saw that somewhere. Somebody sent me on it, but he was, you know, he pitched for him like half the year and was had a five ninety ERA. He was three and nine or something. He was part of the collapse that they had, and now he's now he's pitched twice in the ALCS and was great both times. Yep. ALCS and was great both times. But I love Bochi, you know, because I I always root for Bochi because he's just the crusty old manager that every freaking guy wants to uh-huh. play for. I so I, mm-hmm. I I just want seven games. That's all I care about. So I'm doing a column on uh, Jeff Nelson, who's retiring the umpire yep. for tomorrow. 
And uh, he had the uh, he had the Boshi Bumgarner game. And, oh, and I, I you know behind he had the plate for that game, and I uh, I got to double check that, but I think he said he had the plate, and I said you know that's one of my favorite all time games <laughs> because Boshi never looked at Bumgarner, and Bumgarner <laughs> never looked at Boshi. Right. Boshi was afraid if he looked at Bumgarner, and Bumgarner would say, "Get me out of here," and and. <laughs> And Bumgarner was afraid if he looked at Boshi, Boshi'd say, "You're leaving. You're getting out." So neither of them ever looked at each other. And uh, and Nelson said something. Yeah, those, that's that's the personality of both those guys. Yep. You know, you know what game that also uh, dawned, don't you? That was the Chevy technology and stuff guy when he handed the trophy to Bumgarner. Oh, really? Yes. The sweaty haven't Chevy executive. Guy, haven't seen too many. Haven't seen that poor old fella doing it. Yeah. <laughs> poor, he looked like me. He looked like a younger version of me. Big fat guy sweating like a. You know, the poor Chevy people are looking around going, okay, Jeff got COVID. Somebody, we got to get somebody yeah, in here to go it. give the trophy. This guy owns a dealership down the street. Call Earl. He's the Kansas City rep. <laughs> <laughs> he was unbelievable. Cheetah, I talked to Cheetah because he was kind of one of Nelson's guys. And he was, <laughs> Cheetah told me a great Earl story. Where is it? Where is it? I got to look it up here. It's not going to get in the paper tomorrow, but it's... Uh, it's, we were talking about Earl making jokes about, oh, because he was, uh, Bill Haller was like the guy that instructed him when he was in. Uh, okay. So I said, and we were laughing about because he's seen the thing. And he said, Earl, he said he had Earl when, uh, you know, when Earl came back the second time. Yep. And uh, he said he only came at me once. And he said he came at me. Because I, he said a guy stepped off and threw it over to first, and Earl didn't see him step off, so he thought he he, he balked. Yeah, he was, thought he balked. So he came out and said, "Why the hell wasn't that a balk?" He said he stepped off, and then he looked at Jimmy Williams, the first base coach, and he Jimmy Williams nodded, "Yeah, he stepped off." And then Earl looked at Cheetah and said, "A year ago, I was golfing five days a week in Miami and now I'm here putting up with this BS. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know, because you know, he had a rotten team when he came back. Yeah. You know, he said, and she just said, well, it's nice to meet you, Earl. <laughs> he, hadn't, he, didn't, he hadn't really met him yet because he hadn't come out with the lineup card or something. Oh. I, he just, he said he didn't he said, I, I had him the second time when he wasn't crazy, but we were laughing about that Haller thing. Oh, God, that's unbelievable. great. So, anyway. All right. So, well, yeah, it, I like the Gulfs. I like the Vikes. I was telling the boys, go to St. Croix, put a lot of money on it. The Vikes are only one and a half. What the hell? Well, and the pack is, is beat that? up, and they're not very good. And I don't. Beat up. Who knows if this kid can good. play? You know, who knows if the love kid can play? Well, he can't so far. I, a couple of games early, I thought he wasn't bad, but he's uh, they've had chances to win the last two, three games, and they can't. He's, he's got a terrible offensive line, though, too. So. Yeah. And we got a star offensive line compared to those guys. No doubt. Well, we'll have much to cover uh, Monday back in studio, sir. Thank you. All righty. We'll see you. There he goes. Patrick Royce with the weekly sports report here in Garage Logic, brought to you by our friends at North American Banking Company.
thank you so much for tuning in to this Best of Garage Logic. Reavers here in the GL Podcast Studios. Don't forget, if you haven't done so already, please log in, sign up, and register for that Tattersall meeting on Wednesday, November 15th. If you're not a town council member, you still got time and you got to RSVP for your tickets, garagelogic.com. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel because there we are posting daily content for your amusement. All you got to do, just search Garage Logic on YouTube. You can also follow us along on all of our social media channels, which includes Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We will be back on Monday with another edition of the Garage Logic Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.